What's going on, guys? My name is David Gibson. I am the host and founder of this podcast, SIDcast, a resource dedicated to telling stories and sharing the experiences of the athletic communications profession. I've actually tried that twice now and fumbled on it both times, but uh, I got a special episode for you guys today. Uh, Blake Watson came up to me. Actually, Tyler Jester introduced me to him uh, a couple um, a couple months ago back at Cosida and uh, Blake, and I'll kind of like ask him about this. That's, that'll be our segue into it. And Blake uh, looked at me and he said, I, I thought you'd be older. And uh, um, But he said, I think I'd be a good guest. I got a pretty interesting story. And then when he told me that he was a full-time student, along with being a, an a, SID and being a father and being a husband, I was like, yeah, we have to have you on. So and I think I've kind of mentioned I have this whiteboard in my uh, living room with a list of names of people uh, that are coming on. Um, I have a schedule uh, and Blake has been on it for far too long and I was happy to be able to kind of get back in touch with him. I, I emailed him maybe back at the end of September and we weren't able to do anything until, gosh, a, a month later almost. Uh, but still happy that he came on board. So, uh, guys, we do have our SID Cast newsletter. You can go and sign up for that. Uh, you will have sort of the insight to the episode, uh, some links. Um, if we have any more promos, any more campaigns, I promise that the people enlisted on the newsletter will be the first to find out about those sorts of things. So, if you want to get ahead of everybody else, you can do that by going to sidcast.com/newsletter, and you can sign up using the form there and I will I check it daily uh, to see if we got anybody new and um, I'll add them to the uh, to the newsletter list uh, ASAP so uh, be sure to do that and if you haven't already you can go over to social media Facebook and Twitter and follow us at sports infocast on both of those email us anytime as well uh, any questions you want to tell me that you love the show that you hate the show whatever man um, sportsinfocast at gmail.com is the handle there. And guys, we just did get approved a couple weeks ago uh, about being on Google Podcasts. So if you are on Google, you use Google Musics, you can go to the podcasting uh, directory, I guess, for Google, search SIDcast, and we will show up on there. So um, you can also do that. And then you can rate and review over there. You can also do it on iTunes. It just takes a quick second. Uh, to give us a five-star, one-star, and then leave a quick review if you haven't already. It just takes a couple seconds, and it's real nice. I'm curious your guys' uh, thoughts on the uh, new podcasting uh, app that's out on, on uh, the iPhone now after the latest update. I keep meaning to ask you guys about this, but um, I kind of like it. Uh, it. It looks a little bit more pleasing. I was told that there would be some analytics part to it, and uh haven't seen that yet, so I don't know what needs to happen or what I need to do, but I'm still looking for it. So, um, Anyway, we will start off today, episode 51 of SIDcast with Blake Watson of Mount St. Joe, the Lions. I thought it was the Mountain Lions forever. They're actually just the Lions. Uh, the Lions of Mount St. Joe. And I asked him about uh, his kind of introduction to me right here on SIDcast. Uh, I listened to it and I was 
I was impressed. And I'm new to this field, and I feel young. And then I see somebody like you. I'm 31 years old. I'm like, this kid, what is he doing with his life? Like, how is he doing all these cool things already? And I'm barely working. Like, yeah. The voice was the big thing, though. It's like, that that voice comes out of that little guy. Because like, I'm not a small man. So I looked at him like, holy crap. Yeah, that helps in the uh, the uh, the radio process. That's why uh, that's how I get employed sometimes, you know. <laughs> Got to keep myself around some way or another. So, but anyway, um, you you came to me and you said that you had an interesting story, and I and I wholeheartedly believe it. But we'll start at the very beginning. You were in the the Navy, is that correct? Yes. Uh, so after graduating high school, I graduated high school with like a barely a two point oh GPA. Um, I had to pass a physics exam to graduate. I was what most high school teachers would call very intelligent, but lazy as hell. Um, and so I did the bare minimum. One day I came home from, like, you know, every senior in high school, you get your license and you're driving around, you're hanging out with your friends, you don't care about what's going on at home. Most of the time, eating McDonald's with the buddies in the in between going places, you know how that is. Uh-huh. And um, I get a text message from my mom, says, hey, you need to be home for dinner. And it was kind of like, you know, what's going on? Is somebody in trouble? Did I do something wrong? Is grandpa sick again? You know, those kind of questions went through your head. I walk in the door of my, my home at 530 and sitting at my kitchen table are two Navy recruiters. And I'm looking at these guys like, what are you doing here? And my mom basically looked at me and said, uh, you're not going anywhere in life. We could send you to college, but you're going to screw that up. You're going to waste our money. Um, you're just going to party. Like, that's just who you are at this point in your life. You need to go grow up. Within three weeks, I was signed up to go join the Navy upon graduation of high school. I hadn't graduated yet. Um, so I left September after I graduated in May for boot camp. Um, and then I spent the next six and a half years in the world's finest fighting force, the United States Navy. Okay. All right. And I'm, I'm just, I'm just curious. I mean, what was your kind of mentality? But you know, you were told go to the Navy or bust. I mean, what was your initial reaction with that? I mean, were you a little apprehensive or did you kind of like just take the experience? It was kind of take the experience. I don't, I was never really apprehensive because at that point I had realized that, you know, I can go get a dead end job digging ditches or something and I'll never be better than I am right now. Um, but I hadn't figured out how to get there, um, how to get to the point of where I have a future. And that seemed like as soon as it did, and my dad was in the army, um, not just for four years before I was born. So I'm not like an army brat or anything. Um, my grandfather, my great grandfather, they were both in the Navy. So I have some family history of, of being in the service. Um, but I'm like, you know what? At that point, I'm like, what the hell? I got nothing better to do. I got no nothing else, to, nothing to lose. Right. Um, it's it's not going to get any better for me here in Cincinnati, Ohio, right this second. I need to go away, be on my own, learn how to fend for myself, um, those type of things. And you know, the Navy taught me how to be a man. Yeah, yeah. So I'm sure you had to kind of grow up quick with that sort of thing. So let's get back to some of kind of your uh, sport aspirations. So at what moment did you realize that, you know, this may not last forever? I'm going to need, you know, kind of a career after this. I mean, what were your what was that kind of whole stage in in your life like? So the first time I started to realize that I needed to do something in sport was actually during boot camp. Um, 
Like, we would always sit around. Like, we had times, hours, every so often to just kind of sit around and cut up in, in what we called our birthing area. Um, and, you know, we like a lot of guys would talk sports, and they were kind of always shocked at how much I knew about the history of sports and how to play sports. So my nickname in boot camp was actually ESPN. Um, <laughs> so everybody had nicknames, but that was mine. Um, because I could just, you know, they would ask who, you know, easy question, but like who's the all-time hits leader in baseball? Obviously I'm from Cincinnati, so I know it's Pete Rose. But things like that that other people don't genuine, generally know, uh, they, they would ask me and I would know. But then, so I got out of the Navy. I was in for almost six years. Um, I got out of the Navy in March or in September of 2009. Um, and when I got out, I got out because I was homesick. I didn't want to be gone anymore. I dealt with a small bout of depression. Um, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew I didn't want to be in the Navy anymore. Um, I didn't want to be away from my family. I come from a very tight knit, close family. Um, and I didn't want to, you know, be away from them anymore. I had nieces and nephews growing up, whatever, those types of things. I wanted to come home. Um, so I come home and right away get a job in a factory because I can. I have, I was an aviation structural mechanic in the Navy. So I worked on the Navy's version of commercial jet. I did, um, like hydraulic systems and right. all, I was a mechanic. So any factory that runs machines loves people like that. Um, and I would have probably done that for the next 10, 15 years of my life with no questions asked, but I actually screwed up and got myself fired. Um, deservedly so, uh, and when I, that happened, I finally realized, you know, it's time to go back to school. It's time to be no disrespect to anyone that ever worked in a factory. It's a, it's a great way to make a living. But I started thinking to myself, you know, I'm, I'm a little better than this. I'm smarter than making $15 an hour for the rest of my life. Um, and so I started going to school at Cincinnati State Community College here in Cincinnati. And I've had so many different majors I was uh, criminal justice, marketing, um, legal studies, just plain business. Like I've I've had the true gauntlet of of major career or major choices. Um, and then after my probably third semester and third major at Cincinnati State, third or fourth major, I was uh, sitting there with my wife and we were talking. And I'm like, you know what, I can go to school for this stuff, and I can get a job, and I can be fine. But I'm never going to love what I do unless it has something to do with sports. And at that time, we looked at Mount St. Joseph and realized they're one of the most veteran-friendly schools in the area. So I get you know extra benefits for being at the Mount. Um, and they had a sports management program. I'd never even, I'd never even heard of such a thing. I'm like, that just sounds like something that I want to do. So, I, you know, the next day I transferred to the Mount. Yeah, yeah. So um, when you did all those, because I, I, I can attest to kind of this, this sort of thing that you're talking about. I started out, you know, business administration with a concentration in sport management. Now I'm just a purebred sport management. So what is it kind of like academically for you um, because I didn't really enjoy school all that much when I wasn't into it either, when I didn't enjoy what I was studying about. So is it how different is it now that you're actually studying something that, that you want to learn more about? It's awesome. Uh, 
It makes going to class fun. Like you go there to learn things you actually care about. Um, I, I, and I feel like being older, uh, I bring something else to the classroom that these, the kids that I'm in class with sometimes don't get someone with life experience that's been in the world that understands, you know, how things work in the real world. Um, but all in all, it's, it's really just, it's enjoyable. Like I actually enjoy the work that I'm doing. I enjoy doing the research. I enjoy looking up the different things that have to do with sports. Um, it's, it's not school work. It's just school. Like there's no work involved. I just, I, it's, it's fun. Yeah. Yeah. I can totally see that. And what you're saying is, is something that you know, kind of applies to me a lot. And another thing that kind of applies to me is you want to do something that you want to do. So how, what would you say to those people that are kind of, you know, maybe they have a business idea in the back of their mind, maybe they wanted to do something, but just haven't been able to kind of get it together and do it. How important is it for someone to actually kind of fulfill their dream and kind of live out the things that they, you know, I've said a lot now, want to do? Well, to me, it's the most important thing in life. Like, we all know in the SID world, we're never going to get rich. Like, this is not the career to get into if you love money. Um, this is something we do because we love the sport. So if, if, if you have a passion, if you're a student out there that I don't care what your passion is, it doesn't matter. If you have a passion, follow it for as long as you possibly can. I tell a lot of our student athletes, we're at D3 University, and a lot of our student athletes, by the time they're juniors and seniors, that I, they are considering quitting or stopping playing their sport or whatever to con- concentrate on uh, academics or starting to build a resume, whatever the case may be, which are all great things. But I, I, I always go back to telling them and anyone else that's in that type of situation that at some point in your life, somebody's going to tell you you can't do what you love anymore. And you kind of want to do that on your own terms. Like you want that, or I mean, you want someone to have to tell you is what I meant to say, not your own terms. You want someone to force you to, not everybody gets to go out like Kobe Bryant or Derek Jeter. You know what I mean? For every one of those, there's a million kids that blow their knee out sophomore year high school and never go past that. It's so you got to do what you love for as long as you possibly can. Yeah. Yeah. I, Totally understand, totally get that. So let's get back to kind of some of the things that you're doing at the Mount. So how did you find out that about this position that you're in now? What were your kind of first thoughts of being both an SID and a student? Well, uh, I was technically a freshman student um, here at the Mount. I had some transfer credits, but I was technically a freshman sitting in our intro to sports management class when the previous um, SID had sent a request to our professor, hey, looking for people to come in and co-op for me, preferably someone that's not an athlete, paid position, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, and as a freshman, I was like, okay, I need to figure out the school thing first. Like, I don't know if I can do this. Um, and then it came around again my sophomore year. And I'm like, you know what? I have heard nothing but, you know, in sports, we got to take on paid internships, um, which I'm 30 years old. I have a family, 31 now, but – Right. I have a family, I have a mortgage, I have car payments, unpaid internships, working 40 hours a week, just that doesn't work for me. I would have, if I had to do that, I wouldn't be working in sport anymore. Um, so, I, you know, I jumped at it, I interviewed for the job. At that time, our SID was Ryan Langrich, who was also our head men's volleyball coach, and is now the women's assistant coach at Marquette University. Wow. Um, 
yeah, so he traded up in the world. Uh, but I worked for Ryan for about a year and a half. Um, I, ten days into this job, I had worked three or four basketball games. I went home after a late night of a basketball game, doubleheader on a weeknight early in the season, and I looked at my wife and said, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Um, I love telling the stories of the kids. I love everything about this job. And quickly I realized this, this sports information, sports communications, whatever you want to call it, was my future. Yeah, yeah. Uh, perfect. I mean, this is just, I don't know why, I'm, I'm just kind of blown away by all this, and this is such an awesome story. And you you're right when you told me about this at Cosida. But um, anyway... So what kind of things did you learn? What kind of, you know, kind of mindsets did you take away from the Navy that you're applying to your job now? Uh, the most important thing, and as we all know, anybody that's a small university, it's limited resources, one man shop. We've all, it's all called different things. Um, it's hard work. It's, it's grind. It's get the work done. It's, you know, the work's not done until I don't go home until the last person leaves the office type of thing. Like it's, I have two absolutely phenomenal co-ops that work for me right now, um, and they are awesome. They're great. I'm hoping one of them gets a GA next year, uh, and he absolutely deserves it. He's great. It just, they have their primary sport contacts pretty much right now as co-ops, so I rely on them very heavily. So there's a lot of delegation, which I learned in the Navy. Um, you know, as much as you work, you want to work hard, you want to have your hands in everything, you want to do everything, there are certain times you just can't do it all. And you have to rely on other people to help you out. Um, teamwork's very important for us. We're a very cohesive team around here. The v most important thing that I think of and with this job, and especially inside of my own office with my guys, is communication. If, if you don't have communication, you don't have anything. If I don't know what they're going to do, uh, if they've got to miss an event and I need to cover them, whatever it is, if I need to be off for something family-related and I need them to cover me, they have schoolwork. I have schoolwork. You know, sometimes things just, they, it, we have to do, we have to move things around to keep it rolling. And if without communicating with my guys, it doesn't work. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree with that. That seems to be something that people say a, a whole lot about this whenever I interview them. But um, what did your family say when you said that I'm going to be working this new job while also being a full-time student? Uh, crazy, um, that I need to finish my degree before I start worrying about the job. Um, my wife gets it because, you know, I'm at a place that I absolutely love. It's five minutes away from where I grew up. Um, this job in this university have given me a new outlook on life and a new lease. Like I get to come to work with a smile on my face every single day because of this place. Um, to get to do what I get to do, where I get to do it, is the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. Um, short of my son being born, obviously. Uh, and it's it, timing isn't always the best thing in the world. Like I, it does. I was hoping it'll work out. The day I graduated, whoever was here in the SID role would take another job. And I could roll right into it. Um, but, you know, the job opened a little sooner. So as a junior in college, I took the job. What's funny is I had a co-op last year. Um, name was David Schaefer. Actually, one of my best friends on campus. Um, comes to my son's birthday party. He's 22 years old. So he's, he's just a good kid. Um, he, uh, 
we were at our co-op recognition dinner at the end of last year, and I am officially the SID at this point. Um, and he is working for me. I'm his boss. We have another co-op in the office. And on the board during the co-op recognition dinner, it's honoring junior co-ops. And there's my name, Blake Watson. And then honoring senior co-ops, there's his name. Or graduating co-ops, Davis Schaefer. It's like I'm a, I'm just a lowly junior co-op today instead of the SID. It was kind of – it was hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what's been uh, – actually, let me ask you this first. How do you explain what you do to your son? Uh, he's here a lot. So he – it's funny. He uh, – we were setting up for a women's volleyball game last week, and he was with me. Uh, he usually just sits there and plays on his iPad or whatever. He loves the Lions, go Lions every time he comes here. He, Our AD, Steve Radcliffe, who's one of the best people in the world to work for, um, looks at my son, and they're just having a conversation. And I look at my son and said, Jackson, tell, uh, tell Steve where you're going to work when you grow up. The Mount. And he <laughs> tell Steve where you're going to go to college when you grow up. The Mount. So he loves this place. He's kind of become a little bit of a pseudo mascot for some of our teams. Uh, we've had I've had a volleyball player. Well, she's graduated now, but she babysat him once for me. Like it's he is a is a much a part of this institution as I am. I don't think he understands what I do because he doesn't really like sports. Um, he doesn't play any sports. He just likes to, all he does is run. So you you probably be into that. <laughs> but he he just he's really ingrained in the university probably as much as I am. Yeah, yeah. So uh, one more question about being a student, and I promise we'll move on from it. But uh, what's been the biggest challenge being a student along with being an SID? Time. Yeah. And trying to figure out what takes first billing. So normally in life, you have, you know, you have to go through school to get the job. I got the job, and now I got to get through school to keep the job. So do I, but I also have to do well at the job to keep the job. So what's more important? Is it the job? Is it doing everything I can to build the brand of Mount St. Joseph through athletics? Um, or is it, you know, writing that paper for my justice for the common good class that I could probably still get a B in and I already have the job. So I don't need my resume to look great. Like it's a lot of juggling of stuff like that. It's really hard, and time is definitely hard because I get home from events and I have papers to write and stories to write. It's like, which one do I do first? Uh-huh, yeah. So, yeah. How do you usually prioritize that? Uh, probably, to me, the job is more important at this point um, because then I've actually had conversations with uh, uh, my two bosses. I work and I kind of have dual roles in the athletics department and our university communications department. Okay. Um, and I've talked to both my bosses in there who are both, again, great people about slowing my studies down a little bit. I'm spo- I was supposed to graduate in May, um, but with spring sports, it's going to be really difficult to take. I need to take 18 credit hours in May to graduate, and it would be very difficult to get through it. So I'm probably going to cut back a little bit, do two or three classes for the next two or three semesters instead of six or seven classes in one semester. Um, and they're cool with that, so... That'll be, I want to be great at the job as good as I can and then get the degree later. And like you kind of mentioned, you've had a lot of co-ops. And and, um, how important is it for you to kind of be that mentor to some of these kids? With with my limited experience in this field, as far as the field goes, we're all learning it together. Um, There are things like we're teaching each other Photoshop stuff that we learn on our own. 
Like we're teaching each other quick things about writing stories or little tricks or whatever, like how to set up the camera faster for live streaming. Or, you know, we have an issue. How do we figure it out? We kind of do all that stuff together. I feel like my role for these kids is to teach them life experience and life tools. Um, you know, I had a kid, an unpaid co-op last year who kind of came on at the end. He was a senior, had to have it to graduate, and it was a train wreck. He was the type of kid that never showed up. He, I mean, I'm not asking very – I asked him to basically do game day operation stuff, like not even anything hard that my, my other co-ops are doing, and he couldn't show up. Like, And to me, I failed that kid because he didn't get better at it as he was going. Um, but I think that's the most important thing for my guys that I have now is you know teaching them, hey, communication, show up on time, be well-dressed, always carry yourself in a professional manner – those type of things that you can't learn out of a book in a classroom. Yeah, yeah. So, um, like you kind of mentioned, you, you had a guy that didn't show up. So, how do you deal with that? I mean, there are some SIDs out there that may, you know, they don't have a whole lot of help, and they do have somebody like that. So, what are some things that you would say to them in that sort of situation? Well, if you don't, if, if you have to have them, it's kind of hard to, to do much else because students now, the kids nowadays, are going to do what they're going to do. Like, he actually came in to my office last year after a, an event that he, he lived on campus, 100 feet away from his, his bedroom is our gym, and he doesn't show up to a volleyball game that he was specifically told to be at. And his answer for why was, I don't know. Like, that's not a reasonable answer, kid. I took like a week before I talked to him because I was a little bit hot under the collar. Um, and I brought him in my office, had the other co-ops in here with me as kind of witnesses. And my intention the entire time he walked in was to fire him. Tell him I'm sorry, but I cannot have you work here anymore. Um, but I didn't. I went soft on him. And he, he got very upset in my office. And I think there he learned something. He realized that, you know, it's not all fun and games. This is... This is my livelihood. If you screw up and I look bad, it eventually comes back on me, and I'm not playing that. Yeah. Um, like, you're not taking my ability to keep feed, take food out of my son's mouth, basically. It's not going to happen. But And he was better after that, but he was never good. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, let's get back to some of kind of uh, uh, your experience with, with your student-athletes. And you kind of mentioned this when, when you talked to me at Cosida, but how different is it? With those relationships being like in the classroom or being like in the same online class as your student athletes, and then also kind of have to be the boss, and then you know write recaps about. It. I mean, what what's that whole atmosphere like? It's actually pretty good. Like it's it's not as difficult as I thought it would be. Like my two co-ops, actually, we just got out of an anatomy class together. We're all three in the same anatomy class, um, and they're probably both getting better grades than me in that class. Uh, but it's 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 kind of I don't know it's cool it, it, it gives me a real personal investment in the success of our student athletes, um, but as far as the way they don't approach me any differently than they would anybody else, um, I think they feel a little more open to talk to me about more personal stuff. Like I have a couch in my office that some of the students have kind of dubbed the therapy couch, <laughs> where they can come in and just vent about whoever they want or whatever they want, um, and it doesn't leave my office because um, we we have some coaches on campus that those students feel like they can't talk to. Um, 
and I mean, I don't really give them advice or anything. I just listen. Uh, but it, it's fun. It's fun to have personal relationships with these kids and see them succeed on the on the field or the court. That's really cool. Yeah, awesome. So, um, you kind of mentioned this a, a little bit ago uh, when we talked off air. You know, you got to go play Bellarmine. You got Cincinnati in the area, and I'm I'm just kind of curious. Um, the and we've talked about this in past episodes, but but it's been a while since we've actually said anything about it. But uh, how, what is it like trying to market your team, trying to get you know some sort of media coverage, or maybe get people to the game while being in a in a place like Cincinnati, where you know like you have Cincinnati, and then you have Xavier, which are huge basketball powerhouses, and then you also have I don't know why I know this Cincinnati Christian who just started their own football school. So what what is your kind of role and kind of what's what's life kind of like with that? Well, and the other thing that you didn't mention that's unbelievably huge in Cincinnati, maybe as big if not anywhere, as big if not bigger than anywhere in the country, is high school sports. Especially on the west side of Cincinnati. We've got massive uh, Catholic high schools with very good athletics programs. Coleraine. Elder Elder uh, High School is their, their stadium is top ten in the country for high school stadiums to visit before you die or whatever for football. It's, it's called the pit. It's sunk down kind of in the ground, built in. It's a horseshoe. It's really, really cool. But if they're playing on the same time our football team's playing, they get 10,000 people. We get two. Like, that's just the way it goes in Cincinnati. Um, and then as far as marketing, I, I, I've gotten to a point where we don't even use traditional media that much. Um, like, we still send them our stuff. But it gets it gets pushed so far down the ladder that you never see it. Um, we do a lot of our own stuff. Like we feel like our social media stuff has gotten really, really, really strong over the past uh, probably six months. Um, really strong in the last month, kind of figuring out our way to the way we want to brand ourselves on social media. Um, so we're using mostly that stuff because that's our audience. That's the people that want to know about Mount St. Joseph University. Um, they're they're already finding the information. It's just about getting it to them in a better way and uh, trying to have them bring us more people instead of us going to get more people. Yeah, so what's that kind of strategy like, like you said, but you have to still get those people to kind of bring them to the game. So what were some things that you have implemented? I know that you say you don't use traditional media anymore. So what, what is your game plan? Uh, the biggest thing is... One of the things that I've implemented that I've actually had some pushback from other people, other colleagues, and I do a little bit of research before I do this, but like if I post something on Twitter or Instagram, or not Instagram, Twitter, I'll, uh, I'll actually tag the kid in it. Like we had a kid get uh, all, he made the D3 football team of the week this week. Um, and so I put, you know, congratulations at his, at name, his Twitter name. So not only do every single person that follows me sees it, every single person that follows him is going to see it. So, and these kids that are on this campus, I mean, we've got kids with thousands and thousands of followers that are going to see this. Um, and they got high school kids that see it. You know what I mean? It's, that's, that's my big thing. And again, I do some research. I check the kids. I'm not going to tag a kid in and then look at his Twitter and he's bad mouthing the university or his football coaches or saying something super politically incorrect or whatever or bad you know language we do do research on who we put on like i just won't put any football player on but 
I do, if I know it's a good kid, I know they're clean, you know what I mean, they're, they're not doing bad things, I'll tag them in. I and mean, I think that's expanding our reach quite a bit. Um, that's probably the biggest thing that I'm doing right now that's trying to expand our social media reach. Um, in the HCAC, uh, we've had a lot of people. I'm just making my way around the HCAC. So we got a great conference. Dave, that's what I'm about to ask. So what, what is it like when you have you know people like Kevin Lanky and then you have Mark Atkins? I mean, in the way that's been described to me, the HCAC is just so intertwined with everybody wants to help everybody. I mean, can you brag about the HCAC at all? Uh, I can definitely brag about Mark and Kevin. Um, Kevin is kind of – so with being – the way I got into this business, everybody's had a GA somewhere. Every like almost everyone has worked for someone that works somewhere else that is still in the business or has contacts in the business. I don't have that. The guy that I work for is a volleyball coach in the Big East. Like he has no SID ties. I have no mentor in this in this business. Um, and Kevin has kind of become a pseudo mentor for me. Um, he is the guy that I call when I have the, and he's the guy for everybody in our conference. I mean, he's, he's basically, he basically is HCAC sports information. Um, he, he, like, if I have an issue with a football file or if I have, Hey, how would you pitch this story to the media? Whatever. Kevin is always my first call. Kevin Lanky is basically my hero. I'm going to be just like him when I grow up. <laughs> okay, awesome. So uh, I want to go back to kind of kind of your beginning uh, roots a little bit with this profession. So, had you ever heard of an SID before? No idea what it was. I had zero clue who the person was that got the information to people as I'm watching football games. Like I'm watching, you know, the University of Michigan on Saturday night, and I'm like, how did they find all this stuff out? Who's where? Do these dudes do all their own research? Like. I know Kirk Herbstreet's not doing all his own research to find out who leads him in tackles. I mean, I know he probably does some, but it's crazy who who does all these things. And that's, you know, I had no idea what an SID, SID was, what an SID did. I knew that, you know, sports programs put out cool stuff, and I wanted to be a part of it, wanted to see it, but I didn't know what it was. Yeah, yeah. So what would be the, uh, what do you think would be the uh, best way to kind of educate people on what an SID is and what this profession is all about? I think getting more people that aren't SIDs to listen to your podcast would be a huge step in the right direction. Um, because people are telling their real stories here. Um, like, this is the real business. This is the nuts and bolts of it. This is the people in in the foxhole. Like, it's... this. The, there aren't very many ways to explain to people what we do other than saying, like, that's the first thing I'm going to do if anybody asks me what I do. I'm going to say go download, you know, the podcast that I did with David. Like, that's how you'll find out what my job's all about, like what all we do. Um, it's, it's really difficult for people to understand. Yeah, yeah. So um, when you first got the job at Mount St. Joe, you sat down at your office. What was the first thing that you did on day one for you? Oh, man. Hired my new SID, or my new co-op. Yeah. Because I... When I took over the office, I opened a co-op spot. Um, and actually, it was probably before my first day. I had already contacted. So when we hired uh, Davis, who was the kid before, with me as a co-op, we had two finalists, him and James Vincent, who's now one of my co-ops. Um, and like as soon as I heard that it was going to happen, that I was going to get the job, first thing, I'm getting a hold of James. Like, hey, man, I'm not going to interview you. We've already done all that. I want you to start tomorrow. 
that was my first thing to do was find quality help. So I knew I couldn't do this by myself. Yeah, yeah. So um, there, there are some SIDs out there that just don't have any help, you know. Um, I know there have been some horror stories on here that people that are kind of one-man shops. So how important is it to kind of get that help that you need when – because Mount St. Joe, you have a lot of sports, and I know that there are some D3 NAI schools that have dozens of sports. So how important is it to kind of recruit that help? Or, or yeah, uh, Counting, cheerleading, and dance, we have 22 at the Mount. So it, it is a ton. Um, it's important enough to where I have till the end of spring semester with one of my current co-ops that I have, and I'm already looking for the next one. Um, I'm already trying to identify the right kid. Not just a kid who wants to do it, not a kid that's smart enough, got enough writing experience. Like, I am trying to identify the perfect person, preferably one that's a sophomore that'll be with me for three years. Um, so that, that that's how important it is to me that I'm already thinking about it now, and it's months and months away. So what are kind of your criteria with that? It's a big feel thing for me. I'm, I, I like to think of myself as a person who can really read people really well, um, and that's probably the most important thing for me is do I feel comfortable around this person? Cause like we get a lot of work done. We, we kick butt in my office, but we also have fun. Like we enjoy what we do. We cut up, we laugh, we tell jokes. It's not always the most politically correct place to be with the door shut. Um, I mean, I got a TV in my office. My kids sit and watch Netflix while they're writing stories sometimes. Like it's, that's just the kind of office I want to run. So, it's a big, big thing is do I think they'll get along with the current structure we have? And then the most important thing is are they capable of doing the work? And passion is another big, big thing for me is people that care about. Like I like both of my, my one co-op now is a former runner here at the mountain. My other one is actually still on the volleyball team here. So they get it. They understand. I, the guy before me didn't want athletes because of time constraints. And I'm cool with it because I know they appreciate the work that's going in right. to the product that's on the court or on the field. So I actually I actually like that aspect of it. Now, the timing kind of sucks because it's hard to schedule around their practices, but it is what it is. So you kind of mentioned a little bit earlier, your, your co-ops, they, they, are, they do have some primary contact responsibilities. Was it hard to kind of let that go for you? Uh, no, because that's kind of the way it was. Uh, prior to me taking over. So Ryan Lingrich, who again was our uh, men's volleyball coach as well, he, great dude, award-winning journalist. He didn't really care about being an SID, so he kind of said, here, Blake, when I first took over, I was a primary men's basketball contact like 10 days after getting here. Now, we're in a different situation. I don't have to stat a lot of stuff here. We used to, being in a major market, we can use contractors for a lot of things. Um, so I didn't know how, know how to, have to know how to stat basketball, but I had to know how to do everything else. Um, so I, that, that, that structure was already kind of in place. Um, so and, I, and I'll take personally take the major sports, the football, the men's basketball, baseball, softball, um, and then help with everything else. So we do have pretty direct primary contact uh, lines for the, for the guys. Um, what would you say to an SID that maybe they do have the help, but maybe they're they're a little apprehensive to kind of give away their responsibility that they've done for so long? Uh, do yourself a favor and be sane. 
Like it's good. You're, you're going to drive yourself nuts trying to do all these things. Um, and it's just, it's not healthy. It's not healthy for your stress level. It's not healthy for your work life balance. It's not, it's just not healthy for me to be like, it's great. I want to be at every single event on campus, but when we have six events, I can't freak out about not being able to be at one when I have capable people. If you train your people, if you, you teach them the right way to do things, if you get the right kids, there's no reason not to let them have, have some free reign. I feel like my co-op, James, who's going to graduate in the fall and is looking or in the spring and is looking hard for a GA somewhere, is fully capable of stepping in and, you know, running sports for people as soon as he leaves here. it's He, he, he may need a little bit of training on someone's, um, like, their policies, their procedures, the way they do things. But he's fully capable of learning that. He's fully capable of running stat crew and all these things because I let him be. Okay. Well, I right. make him, actually. I don't let him. I make him. He doesn't have a choice. <laughs> so um, I'd like to transition this part of the interview where I like to ask some fun questions. Okay. Uh, first one I have for you, you know what's coming. Uh, favorite memory in your professional tenure so far? So it's actually while I was still a co-op. Um, my It would have been my sophomore year, the first basketball season I worked. And basketball is kind of our best program here at the Mount. Um, we were at our conference tournament. Let me preface this by saying it's actually my best and my worst. Um, it's all going to be wrapped up into one story here. Okay. Uh, we were at our conference tournament in Defiance, Ohio. Um, I had driven up by myself, enjoyed the drive. We play the first night win. Uh, Sunday of the tournament, championship Sunday, we're playing Rose Holman for the championship to go to the NCAA tournament for the first time in program history. It's, it's a big day for Mount Athletics. Um, midway through the first half, I get a phone call from my sister. My grandfather was minutes away from dying. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm three and a half hours away from home. There's really nothing I can do. Uh, I say, you know what? I'm sorry that I can't leave. There's nothing I can do. Even if I leave right now, I'm, the likelihood of me making it home before he's gone is slim and none. Um, and so I decided to stay right after halftime. We're down 15 points in the game, 13 to 15, something like that. I get the call that he's gone. Uh, I'm sitting directly behind our bench, crying like a baby. And my grandfather was in the room the day I was born. He's a big influence on my life, very important guy. Um, we had a very special relationship, and when he passed, I was crushed. Um, and the kids started to notice it kids on our team they're looking back and I, and I felt bad like I wanted to walk away but I just couldn't function at the time like I'm taking away from what they're doing on the court it's not what my job is supposed to be um and they kept looking back at me are you okay are you okay are you all right instantaneously we went on a 12-0 run like minutes after it happened 12-0 run right back in the game um game goes to overtime we win it so we're getting ready to, you know, they're cutting down the net. All the players are going, everybody. And at this time, they had all kind of found out what was going on with me. Um, and everybody was pretty much done. We were on the second net at Defiance, and the whole team looked at me and said, it's your turn. And for the first time in a long time, I felt like I was a part of something that was very, very, very special. Um, these kids 
cared enough about me to know that I needed that in that moment. Like, it's, I still have the piece of the net. Like, it's something I'll never forget for the rest of my life. And it's because those kids cared about me and what I was doing for them. I was working for them. I work for, you know what I mean? I coach people all over his business say you work for coaches, you work for whoever. We work for the student athletes. We don't work for anybody else. Um, we, we're here to tell their story. And they know that I care about them and want their story told the right way. And because of that, they, they honored me that way. It was, it was the cool, and then invited me to hang out with them at the celebration party afterwards. Like, they took me in at that point, knowing that I needed it. It was the best and worst day of my life. It was great. Yeah, yeah, it's a pretty cool memory under uh, very unfortunate circumstances. Um, I'm very, very sad to hear that. I'm very sorry. Um, do you have any horror story you'd like to share? Uh, that one was pretty bad, the, him dying in the middle of a game. But actually, just last weekend, we were so we switched over from using Stat Crew stats to prep almost exclusively Presto live stats. Um, we're starting our football game last Saturday. And Presto's not getting any updates. Uh, I go to pack the file to try to restart it. Doesn't work. Like, literally nothing worked. And, of course, this is the first time in the history of my life where as soon as an event is over, I have somewhere I have a wedding to be at. My wife is waiting on me to walk into a wedding that we've, you know, it's it, her cousin. It's super one, super highfalutin, expensive deals, $100 plate where they hand it to you. Ridiculous wedding. And... She is freaking out on me, and I am freaking out on the computer. It's just one of those perfect storms. I'm really surprised I didn't rip somebody's head off. But we got through it. You know, that's what we do in this business. We get through stuff. Like, you figure it out. You work it out. I didn't get – It was we were playing Earlham, so I didn't get Mitch from Earlham. Mitch, if you, uh, if you listen to this, I'm sorry. You didn't get your file quickly enough. But I got it to you the next morning as soon as I got to the video and could restat the entire football game. Um but things happen in this business, so you know you just kind of gotta, kind of survive and overcome. Yeah, yeah, completely agree. Yeah, that's a, that's quite a high stress situation. But um, yes, what, yeah. So um, moving on here, uh, one piece of advice you give to a student going into this profession. Work hard. It's it's going to be kind of a long not really super long, but a few different things wrapped up into one thing, but work hard, learn as much as you possibly can, ask questions, don't be afraid to fail, you're going to screw stuff up, It's you're going to make a, an error in a story you type, you're going to not get the live stats up in time, you're going to forget to send a, a roster out, it's going to happen, it happens to everybody, the very best in the business make mistakes. Um but learn from them and keep getting better every day. Okay. All right. So when you look around the HCAC division country and you say to someone, that's a good SID, what are some things that they do or some characteristics that they have that make you say that? Uh, they care. Uh, they care about their student athletes. Um, they care about their coaches. They care about their university. Um, willing to help. So this is the first time I've ever been in a business where people are actually genuinely willing to help you be better at your job. They don't feel like you're, you know, trying to become better than them or trying to take a job they're going to want in a couple years. It's it, it, it's genuinely a community of people that are out for the same goal, and that's to promote our sports the best way we can. 
and it's really really cool to be a part of such a, a community like this yeah yeah cool so um work-life balance what do you do to have fun work <laughs> <laughs> no i mean hang out my my family's awesome my wife's great uh there's nothing better in the world than hanging out with my son um until recently my back started flaring up real bad uh, i'm actually a disabled veteran i didn't get to tell you that part but I, I, I broke my back when i was in the navy um and i played a lot of competitive softball slow pitch softball uh whatever i can do man i'm a big movie guy i love watching movies um Watch my crappy Bengals every Sunday. It's yeah. Whatever. But 95% of my time not spent at work or doing schoolwork is hanging out with my son. One thing you're interested in to learn more about in this profession? Uh, Photoshop's big because I'm not very good at it. I've actually, I feel like I've gotten a lot better in the past couple weeks. Um, video editing. Just anything that's cool that the kids are, think is cool that the upcoming recruits think is cool that's that's feel like a big part of our job that is overlooked a lot of times is to help in recruiting um and that kind of stuff matters when they jump on so they the first thing a recruit does if they're outside the cincinnati area and know nothing about mount st joseph when our basketball coaches contact them is they're going to jump on twitter and try to see what we do or jump on the website and if that stuff's not buttoned up and tight and looks really cool and got stuff that the kids are into. They're, not that they're necessarily going to wipe you off their list, but if it comes down to you and another school, it's like, uh, if I go there, I can do cool stuff. like get interviewed after a big game and put it on Twitter for all my friends. Like, that's that. In, in the end of it, it might matter some. And I want to improve, find a way to improve our game day experience here for fans. That's That's another big thing that we're not very good at here, and I want to get better at. Okay. All right. Cool. So, uh, next time someone's in Cincinnati, and there is a reason because there's a Newport Aquarium, um, and then there's also, well, the Bengals and Reds. I don't know about that, but there's a Newport Aquarium. So, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, what? Where's your uh, restaurant or bar recommendation when you're in, when they're in town? Are you, Are you coming to the Mount, or are you just coming to Cincinnati? Um, you can get both, or either or. Your pick. If you're but. coming to the Mount, you're coming to the West Side of Cincinnati. Uh, right down the street, there's Chandler's Burger Bistro. It's got some of the best burgers in in the in the city. Um, they actually have a Mount St. Joseph burger. Uh, what's that? I, I honestly have never had that one. I don't know what's on it. To be honest with you, I, they have another one that's I get. It's called the West Sider. It's got an egg on it, and it's really delicious. Um, we got our wing place, Wild Mike's up the street. It's really good in, in Del High. Um, that's probably the best place to go grab a beer and watch a ball game. Wishbone Tavern, got to give them a shout-out. They're one of our sponsors for our radio show for football. Um, they got good food, too. They got some cheesy bacon tater tots that are unbelievable. Uh, I'm on a diet. I got to quit talking about this stuff. Okay. All right. <laughs> Cincinnati as a whole, though, I'd probably recommend any one of the Jeff Ruby restaurants, uh, steakhouses, the precinct, Jeff Ruby's downtown, really good Montgomery and Ribs. Grater's Ice Cream, La Rosa's Pizza, pretty much all the, the Cincinnati staples, Skyline Chili, you know, we, we have a lot of a lot of food options in Cincinnati that are really, really good. Yeah, yeah cool. So, um, if anybody wanted to get in touch with you, maybe follow up with you after this, uh, what would be the best way to do it? 
Well, probably email. Um, it's blake.watson at msj.edu. Um, Twitter, I very rarely use my personal account, so the MSJ Athletics, MSJ underscore athletics, feel free to DM me in there. My kids, my co-ops have access to it, so I wouldn't do anything inappropriate, but uh, <laughs> uh, it, that's probably the best way. Okay, cool. So, Blake, I got to tell you, when um, we had our uh, volleyball tournament here, I was looking at everybody who was working, and I saw Blake Watson, and I was like, oh, man, he's coming here. That means my MSJ must be coming. We can record. And then I realized that, no, it's Ron Blake Watson. I am dumbfounded that you found someone else in the world named Blake Watson, much less in the Midwest. Yeah, I'll send you a picture of him. I'm working with him here in about an hour. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, he's our clock tell operator. Me, tell him he's a good dude, regardless of whether or not he's a good dude. Yeah, we, uh, we uh, I'll tell you this. We give, uh, we have, like, walkie-talkies uh, for mm-hmm. soccer in the press box, like, he take there's a guy on the other side where the subs go and like he asks who you're coming in for you know I'm sure there are people that did this but uh, we give each other uh, uh, like nicknames or code names for depending on who's doing it and uh, he's like Nighthawk and then the other guy's Baby Pigeon and uh, our other GA JP we call it Thanksgiving Turkey <laughs> <laughs> and that's just just funny tangent there but like, uh, like the scene in Step Brothers yeah call me Dragon. <laughs> Yeah, I don't have one yet. I'm waiting for my uh, for my day where I get I get my bird code name instead of screaming. Maybe I'll come up with one for you. <laughs> it has to be. I think I think what we're trying to go for is like uh, because we're called the Screaming Eagles. Oh yeah. So it's just any bird, not an eagle. It's just <laughs> yeah. I think that's, that sounds like a lot of fun. Man. Yeah, like I don't know, like ostrich in the sand or something like that. It might be. I don't know, but anyway, uh, Blake, thank you for coming on. I. I really do appreciate it. This was long overdue. And I, I, you were, Believe it or not, you were, there's a whiteboard in my living room with all the list of names, and you're at the top of my list. I appreciate that, man. It was really fun. I, I was really nervous about it, honestly. I didn't think I had enough to fill your time, like, things to say. No, no, you're perfectly fine. I mean, there's a lot of cool things. And, again, um, I'll reiter- reiterate this. Uh, I listened to a show, and I'll tell you this. I'll tell everybody this because I don't care. I listened to a show called Order of Man. Um, it's by like a bunch of former Navy, you know, SEALs, Marines and things like that. And and they teach kind of core foundations of, uh, what it means to kind of just one, be a man and two, be just a a good human being. And I felt like that's, I was kind of having an order of man episode when we were talking about your experiences and how you kind of had to kind of grow up quick and, and evolve very quickly. So I really do appreciate the awesome story. Thank you, man. I appreciate you having me on. No problem. I appreciate everyone who has downloaded, subscribed, uh, rating and reviewed this uh, podcast. We're up to. I just had a voice crack. Did you hear that? I'm 22. I heard that. Okay, that was embarrassing. Anyway, we are up to eight reviews on iTunes, um, and I just got approved. And at the time of this recording, uh, that was probably an hour ago, just got approved. We are on a Google Music podcast. So um, thank you. Still haven't gotten on Stitcher. I think I butchered the process on that. So I'm eagerly awaiting that. Um, also at the time of this recording, our URL has changed. SIDcast.com is now a thing. Uh, the uh, fire. I decided to uh, probably should drop the fireside thing. That might be a little bit complicated for people. Um, and then that got reviewed and approved. So happy for that. Uh, another thing, we do have a newsletter. I almost forgot about that. We do have a newsletter now. If you uh, you, you keep missing SIDcast episodes or maybe just... 
I will be having promos, and, and I do have a lot of the kind of, I'm hoping I'm crossing my fingers, a charity event coming up. Um, you'll get information about all that first. If we have a contest, you'll get information about that first, and all you have to do is go to sidcast.com slash newsletter and sign up using the form uh, there, and I'll, we'll get you in, and you'll get all that information first. So um, another thing, you can follow us on social media at SportsInfoCast on Twitter and Facebook, and you can email me anytime, SportsInfoCast at gmail.com is our address. Guys, I don't know who's going to be on episode 53 yet. I do know who's going to be on episode 54, which is awkward, but, eh, you know, it is what it is. So, Or I do know who's 50. You're 51. I do know who's 52 and 54. I don't know who's 53. That's what it is. A lot of numbers there, but don't worry about it. I'm just rambling. Anyway, thank you all for listening. We hope to catch you all in the next episode.